0: Aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus tonight? Pastor Moore is coming. Everybody say, jump on him, Jesus. Anein him mightily, God. Praise Hallelujah. the Lord, church. Hallelujah. Isn't it great to be here on this winch tonight? Thank God we got a river that we can drink from. Got a river that we can be planted by. Psalms 1 talks about. Our root system can find the nourishment that it needs that the leaves are never fade and bear the fruit in its season drink a water that will liberate us and deliver us from the powers of sin that our souls have got an inheritance laid up an eternity laid up for us Second Timothy 2 3 and 15 2 Timothy 3 and 15 that from a child thou hast known thy the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures given by an inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. Anybody interested in righteousness? That godly righteousness, amen. That's us apart. It makes us walk different, talk different, believe different. Makes us different all the way around for His glory and for His purpose. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We're thankful for this Wednesday night that we've come into this house. No doubt we're in earthen vessels, and sometimes these earthen vessels can really feel the earth part. But, God, we're asking you to just walk in this service tonight and to minister to each one, delivering each one from pain and from weakness and infirmities. And, God, just move upon our minds, our hearts, and our spirits, because we come to hear the Word of God. We come, God, to hear your words, to feel your touch, and to encourage one another, uplift one another. Man, that when we leave this house tonight, we'd leave different than what we came. The power of your word, the power of your presence would baptize this place. God, we're not here for a show. We're just here to see a move of God, a move of the Holy Ghost, and a touching of Jesus upon this house. We're going to give you the glory and the praise and the honor for all of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord bless you, and you may be seated. Praise God. Isn't it great to be here on a Wednesday night? I realize and you realize sometimes the, the hustle and the bustle to get here and, and then the weariness of the body will get a hold of us and if we're not careful, we're hurt in places. We wasn't hurt until we showed up. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Maybe we're paying it no attention because we're in such a hurry to get here. And then after we got here and got settled down a little bit, said, man, hey amen. We want to continue on in uh, the series today. And I actually listened to a message, and, and, and he's, he's going to use one of our verses, not of tonight, but later on. And it even set me more on fire of what we're doing here on these Wednesday nights talking about doctrine. Sure, it's not our our desire to bore anybody. And uh, I know we as apostolics and Pentecostals, we love it to be, you know, hanging from the lights and running and dancing and shouting and feeling all of that. It's got its time and place. But if we don't know why we're doing that, and if we don't have a good understanding what causes us to do that, We're not careful, we'll be very easily deceived. In the world that we're living tonight, the hour that we're living tonight, and the hour that we're approaching into, even Jesus himself taught his disciples, let no man deceive you. And so, if if there's ever been a generation that needs to be doctrinated, it's this generation. The importance of the doctrine during the generation of the time of Paul and Peter and James and John and the disciples. Their biggest, some of their biggest struggles were persuading the people that first of all that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. And that he was resurrected. And they mocked at that doctrine. Those of great abilities and great education. It was... The greatest task that probably Peter had, especially when he would go to the synagogues, was trying to persuade the Jewish people that the Messiah had come and that the law had been fulfilled. And now they don't have to uh, follow through with the same rituals. And Even the veil had been rent and as far as we can tell from the scriptures how much they involved themselves from that point through the high priest and offering of sacrifices, and that nature of worship continued on. Scripture doesn't talk a whole lot about that, but of course the Scripture is going to be leading, guiding us, the writers inspired in the New Testament to to write about Jesus Christ, to write about the Messiah, to write about what the Holy Ghost is doing. Amen. to begin to give us doctrines, through the writings of these holy men as God inspired them to write unto us as individuals, especially Paul, and whoever dreamed on his way to Damascus that day, and and when Ananias was stirred up to go and witness to them, that this man would actually pen somewhere around one-third of the New Testament that you and I read tonight. But I just wonder tonight just where would we be if we didn't have a Bible? If we didn't have the word of God, if we didn't have doctrine in our lives, just where you and I would be tonight if it was not for this old black book and for somebody that had a passion for it and somebody that had a love for it somebody that was willing that whenever universities and colleges and great bishops weren't so easily found in the United States but uh, individuals would find an old old maybe an old stump on the backside of their 40 and they would spend hours upon hours of praying and taking that old black book and they didn't even know how to read they only had a second or third grade education and maybe not even that and, But this God could manifest himself and begin to move upon these vessels and begin to teach them how to read and begin to reveal unto them and give them insight and the revelation of what's penned inside this old black book. It takes, and thank God for education, and I'd love to have a whole lot more of it than what I've got tonight. But you know what? I would not trade the revelation of the doctrine that I've got tonight for all the education in the world. I would change it, amen, to be able to influence anybody and everybody regardless of what group I walked among. I would change it for none of that. I'm telling you, there are some men that's very, very, and ladies are very educated, can quote scriptures and astound people but they can't tell you the plan of salvation because their eyes are closed into it. Their hearts has never been revealed unto them. They can't give you a doctrine. In fact, if you'll just watch their lifestyles and their actions and conducts, you'll see that they're not really even out of the world. But they're caught up and trapped and ensnared in it. And they're really no different than the little lady that we just sung about in that fourth chapter of John that found herself in a condition. In a place lost and undone Failed one relationship after another Until the master showed up I'm thankful tonight That the master showed up in my life I wasn't raised in this Apostolic doctrine but I thank God For it with everything it is within me I would not trade this For nothing in the world I'm telling you there's nothing like The experience of God and the truth of God That takes a hold of our mind That takes a hold of our spirit And settles some things inside of Isaac that hell a man cannot budge or move. Nor a silver tongue or a slick tongue or an educated dude. I tell you I'm glad I got something inside of me tonight that the personalities of men are not going to change my mind. We as one God people apostolic people Better get a hunger for this old-fashioned doctrine. There better be an excitement just start getting a hold of your face, a glow. I want it. I want it. I want it more than money. I want it more than positions. I want it more than anything else in this world. And God, nobody can offend me and run me off from it. No devil's gonna run me off. No smart aleck preacher? Huh? That's right. No hot shots? No, I found something. It's a treasure. And it's priceless. If I had had all the gold in the world, he couldn't buy it. If I had all the silver with that gold, he couldn't buy it. All the precious metals, the iron and copper and everything else that we consider great minerals and metal materials, that uh, great substance that we put into. But I'm telling you, there's nothing like having the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. I'm going to try my best tonight to move a little further, a little faster maybe uh, in the scriptures, at least. No, we're not going to get the 51 verses, but uh, we, we're going we're to cover 51 verses, but not all of them with the term doctrine in it. It has amazed me in studying this and just the term itself and the events that unfolded and transpired, even just at the, the times and the, the scriptures surrounding the term called doctrine alone. You know as well as I do. I've mentioned it several times. That doctrine means teaching. And so just to to think that doctrine comes only when the term doctrine is used is incorrect. There's many other words including words themselves. And teachings that takes place. And they're taught. And we're going to talk about a little bit that. The Lord will help me here tonight. Amen. If there's ever been a time that we need to. Sometimes we love to shout. We love to run. We love to do those things. But I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes we've got to get settled down And let the word of God get settled down in us Amen Anchored into our hearts Because if we don't get anchored into this We won't be able to stand the pulling that's going to take place It started but we haven't seen nothing yet What we're going to possibly experience Through hardships and difficulties But it's the word of God that will keep our focus right It's the word of God that will keep our attitudes right It's the word of God that will sustain us and hold us and keep us when I can't find nothing else I can start flipping through the pages of this book and start searching out scriptures amen and say well this is the reason why now I get a better understanding of what's going on in my life and what the warfare is about we've all been there get up in the morning time and just wonder what in the world is going on what's in the world is happening you know what's wrong with us on this Wednesday night when it feels like the heavens is brass and, and we feel like we're so tired and weary hallelujah but the Bible says don't go weary and well doing he didn't say we were wouldn't grow weary, but he also promised in Isaiah, those that wait on the Lord shall be renewed, hallelujah, shall be strengthened, it promised and told us even the young is going to get faint-hearted, and the young is going to get weary, hallelujah, but we're not falling out, and we're not changing doctrines, and we're not changing the gospel, and we're not changing the names, and we're not changing none of that, we know what got us where we at, and we know what's going to get us out of here, the doctrine that got me into this joy unspeakable, the doctrine, amen, is going to get me to that place called eternity, So we thank God for it tonight. We're going to go to Acts 5 and 28. I know we addressed Acts 2, 41. A man in 42 the other night talked a little bit about those four uh, ingredients that's, that we continue and steadfastly continue in. Amen, and that's fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer, and doctrine. Amen, and I know we focus mostly on doctrine here, and we talked a little bit last Wednesday night about breaking bread, and the importance of it, even down to the very point of communion. And, uh, but, uh, and I won't go into the others just for time's sake, and we may come back later on, but uh, right now we're going to try to pursue just the term doctrine itself and go from that point and from that place. But in my studies today and my prayer time today, I felt the Holy Ghost nudge me just a little bit, amen, about another term here tonight that's going to be just as important, amen, and it's going to play a very important role, amen, of the doctrine that's been given to us, amen. And, and so I was impressed, amen, when I read about this in Acts, the fifth chapter, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach him in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, amen. Well, that's what they were supposed to do. That's exactly what God intended for them to do. And he did tell them it wouldn't be resisted. He did tell them, amen, that they wouldn't fight against him. But I'm telling you, God told them it was going to start in Jerusalem. I'm thankful tonight I got hold of a doctrine that started in Jerusalem. That Jerusalem belongs to God himself. It belongs, amen, in Israel. I'm glad I got hold of something, amen, because I'm looking for a city just like my, my father, amen, Abraham, was looking. I'm looking for a city. That wasn't made by man. I'm looking for a city that was made by God. I'm looking for an inheritance. Amen. That's laid up and stored up. How do you know that? Because I got a revelation of doctrine. They're gonna mock and make fun about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you just let them mock. Them. That's like mocking people that speak in tongues. You go ahead and do all the mocking you ought to do. But thank God when I get to speak in tongues and to have that Jerusalem ring with it. To have the refreshing of God, the giver of life, the giver of my spirit. To, hey, even on the West and not like this. It's better than any pile, It's better than any dope. It's better than any alcohol. It's better than any other doctor, It's better than any other resources. But what's going to depend and help us in that is the soil that the seed is falling on. You can be seated. The soil my amazement and I thought about it. I've heard a lot several statements made about soil in this past week. Maybe that helped trigger, I'm not saying it did or if it didn't. I just don't what I felt. Man, and, uh, but anyway, soil, the condition of soil. You're gonna liken that in condition of a heart. The hunger, the thirst, but also the willingness. A lot of times that soil has got to be conditioned before it can ever produce, before it can ever uh, perform what it's designed to do. Uh, I listened to somebody, I won't call their name, but I heard them the other night made the statement that they had theirs tested. And uh, the individual told them that, um, said, I don't know how anything's growing in this soil. Said, this soil does have absolutely nothing in it. And um, he's encouraged them and, and do some things and things of this. But one thing, he, he, he made mention. And another guy was standing there, and I didn't ask permission from none of them, so I'm just going to tell it this way. A man said, you need to pull from, some dirt from beneath. Pull it up. Thank God for the plowing of the Word of God. You know why? Because God with that plow is reaching down in there, pulling up and surfacing some things that's been laid dormant. That's been laid aside could it be that some of the things that's happened across our land is God's given them another opportunity where the devil's doing his best to cause divisions and separation. God's going to give an opportunity, amen, for them to re Amen. And set the power a little deeper and pull up some things out of the word of God and pull out some things, amen, from old heritage and pull out some old doctrines that used to be taught. And when they begin to start pulling up them doctrines and they begin to see results of them, could it create a hunger and a thirst? something about it, sweethearts. Amen. When them old doctors start coming back alive. When them old landmarks start getting back in sight. When them old familiar for the powers and moves of God Almighty starts to move on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and every time we gather. When it don't matter if it's a Bible study, it don't matter if it's two or three. There's something about this divine presence of God. You can't teach it, preach and practice the doctor of God without him showing up. So, as so I pondered that and thought about it and come to realize that, hey, I can't condition your soil. It's, you've got to do that. Every individual has to do that. They got to determine and So, I, I decided I'd go to Matthew, the 13th chapter and, and rehearse some things there and, I was, um, of course, you know, my memory's not the best. And, but as I begin to look at that chapter and watch 43 verses and only one of those verses, and it talks about leaven. But from Matthew, the 13th chapter, there's seven parables that's taught in that particular chapter. And up to the, about the 43rd verse, most of them deals with the seed and with soil. Outside the one with the leaven in the three meals. And it's in the positive side. Most of the time you think, talk about leaven, it's to uh, the, the wicked, the evil, the false, but not, not here. It's to the truth, a little leaven, and the three meals in that leaven of truth. And so as you begin to look at those parables, and, and he talks about the sower, Jesus Christ himself talks about the sower himself. And so he begins to sow that seed. And, and there's about, what, four different types of soil that is mentioned there the wayside. The roadway, if you please, the path that was beaten down, trodden down, it was hard, and that seed would find its place there. And the Bible talks about how the fowls of the air would come and gathered up. If there's no pre-preparation of our hearts before we come to the house of God on a regular basis, amen. That includes Wednesday nights. And it's not as easy as we might think with the schedules that we're all living today. Amen. So busy we find it hard to find time to really pray. Amen. To condition ourselves and prepare ourselves. Amen. To get ready for the word of God and for the power and the spirit of God. Amen. You know some of the best meals you ever enjoyed is because you was hungry. I mean, when you sit down and you, were, you was really hungry, you know. I mean, I mean, you were just ready. You know, it's kind of like Thanksgiving and Christmas. We have things at those two settings um, that we don't have on a normal basis. And so we look forward to Amen, to, to, to dressing and turkey and these type of things. And we get excited about it. Um, hallelujah. Why? Because we don't have dressing every, every other Sunday. And we don't do that. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the same way with some of this. Um, I, I look in the Old Testament and even there, they... They probably didn't gather as much and knew as much possibly, but in one sense they did, but in another they didn't. Hallelujah. But have the free, free choice and the liberty, amen, to the Word of God. In fact, until you read all the way up to First Samuel, and you're going to read in there the precious Word. Everybody didn't have a Bible sitting on the coffee table. Everybody didn't have a Bible, amen, tucked up under their arms. Hallelujah. Now That's a reason when they made their way to the house of God, and it came time to the reading of the word of God. They was willing to stand for hours upon hours to hear the word of God. That's the reason they was instructed. Amen. They were not a lot of disturbance. They were not a lot of talkers and walkers. Amen. Even over hour upon hour. Why? The word of God was being read. The doctrines of Jehovah God. This God that they heard about. This God they experienced. This God they watched in a pillar of fire and a cloud. Amen. This God that led them through the wilderness. This God that fed them manna and gave them quail. Hello Hallelujah, amen. The other way they was really going to know him is by the word of God. And so that's the read really so important for you and I. We have to work on this old soil. You read about it and you see there's four different conditions and only one of those meets the, the place. And, and if you watch that close, amen, even that fourth one, it only produces 160 and 30. That's the best soul. Huh. Something to think about. Praise God. And so it really hinges upon our desire, our passion. They summoned this house, and under the sound of my voice tonight, you got some great memories. And you need to use them for God and for the kingdom of God. Huh. There's some great soul winners under the sound of my voice tonight. You can impact those around you. If you start applying and giving yourself. I, I'm not saying you haven't. Don't take that that way. I'm telling you, I believe God wants to give us a revival that'll turn this community upside down. We got the doctrine that'll turn the community upside down. We got the name that'll turn the community upside down. We got the experience that'll turn the community upside down. We got the anointing and the backing of God to turn the community upside down. We live a separated life that turns the community upside down. We, we got, if anybody can stop the devil in his track, it's the first Jesus name, Church of Bendale. If anybody's got any hope, amen, in Bendale, Mississippi, it's because when you get that first Jesus name, Church, about to bend to pray and call on God in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. They can move a God and a power, amen, that others don't even dream about. And all that hinges and is founded upon the doctrines that we believe in and practice here. And uh, it's not a time to let them slip away, it's not a time to let them die off. But I'm telling you, it's a time to get them and, and re. re refurbish them yeah. dig them back up but I just thought all of that kind of coming together and the amazement of it and how that uh, a lot of Yashona farmers they they have their fields because there was another guy that came in the hardware store not even connected this church and talking about testing their fields and amen, getting ready for hay time and things of that nature, said, man, if you're going to get anything out of it, said, said you, you won't do nothing, said, if you don't get that pH right, if you don't get that, that uh, uh, lime just right, and if you don't get some uh, other basic slacks and things lag and stuff like that in it, and, hey man said, you can put all the fertilized you want to put on it. I want you to hear me now. We can call Jesus until we're blue in the face. But if we don't get the pH right in the spirit, if we don't get the pH right in the doctrine, if we don't get some of those pH, we'll wind up just like some of the rest of them. I ain't interested winding up like that. I've got in this journey to finish it. i got in this race to finish it. i got in this race, amen, to become more mature, more anchored, more settled, more Holy Ghost-filled. I'm not happy where I'm at. I want more of it. I want to walk more in the Holy Ghost than I've ever walked. I want to pray the prayer of faith over the sick. I want to see the cancer's bodies healed. I want to see the lost and undone God find an atoning and redeeming power of God. I want some of you to get some of that lazy attitude and spirit out of your life. And your pastor, I'm praying God stir you up. You may not like it, but I don't care what you like. I'm about your soul eternity. I'm not going to pacify your flesh and carnality. save me wrong. I don't mean to be that way. I'm telling you this whole thing right here causes us to miss it. If you don't let the plow seek in to the soil of your mind and heart and spirit because the next parable that deals with is the tares. The next one right after that one the man had Had a field that got repaired and his servants went out and sowed the good seed. But at night time the enemy came and sowed the seeds of tares. And the workers come and ask him, was that not good seed? He said, yeah. He said, but the enemy's come. So what I'm trying to tell you, if we believe in revival and believe in the pouring out of God... Don't you think the devil's just going to sit on the sideline, but he's working day and night to put some tears in your heart and put some tears in your mind and in your spirit. And if you're not careful, you'll let everything else distract you, and you won't, you won't know nothing more than what you know after I get through with this series of doctrines. Or you could come in here thinking, "I've already got it. My soul's where it needs to be. I don't need to be piled up. I need to be plowed up. I will confess. This old boy needs to be plowed up. This old boy needs to be stirred. I'm going to tell you right now. I hadn't arrived. I hadn't made it yet. And, and I want to be saved. And how many enjoyed that from Brother Josh Clark that Sunday night? <laughs> Amen. God touch these young men. Raise them up. This is one thing I've tried to get across to him, amen. And I'm glad he even presented it that way. He said, I'm going to try it and walk in and see where God leads me. Everybody don't have to have the pulpit, amen, and stand on this platform to be used of God. Hallelujah. You can win souls. Some of the strongest points in the body of the church is individuals just behind the scene that you never see. They're the ones that makes it flow. They're the ones that makes it happen. Hallelujah. That's unseen. Hallelujah. You never see your heart taken, honey, but without it, you won't make one more step. Hallelujah. some uncertain things inside this old body, amen, that you don't even, never saw in Bobby never will but you got to have them and every church has got to have them too. Hallelujah. Individuals and vessels that sold out to the kingdom of God and service of God that never gets any recognition. Oh. They become the backbone man. they become that source of strength and energy when everything else just seems like a, trying to get out of and out of. They're the ones that pull it back together. <laughs> Keep it. There'll be some of the ones that'll dig up some of them old doctrines. Start shoving them to the top again. Remember, you can be seated. It's Wednesday night. I don't know how often I've heard in the last little while. Not from, not from us here, but I wish I could remember. Somebody just told me this past week. Making these statements. I remember my mama, she didn't cut her hair either. Now, they still went to the same church they've always went to. But that church don't look like it used to look. That church don't believe what it once believed. He said, I can remember those days when you'd be shocked. You start digging around out here. How many connections. Amen. And how many knows and it's familiar with what we believe in here tonight. And so, with the help of God and the help of resurfacing and re-digging re up and refreshing the doctrines of the Lord, I'm going to tell you something. And you, don't, you and I don't need to be hesitant about telling them. Man, I've been praying, God help me. Folks, talk to me about it. Have you got the Holy Ghost? Kind way. I believe there's a proper way of approaching people. I believe there's a way in the Holy Ghost, and I'm not going to approach him. You know this attitude and spirit. You mean you ain't got the Holy Ghost? Well, you're going to hell if you ain't got the Holy Ghost, and you're going to go to hell over condemning that body too. That spirit, but it uses as an attraction, it uses as a shock, like, oh, you don't have the Holy. Did you know the Bible says you can have the Holy Ghost? Did you know that God wants to give you? Have you ever read? Now, hopefully, I get through through that part tonight. But right here, and and I'll just say it now in case I don't. When you go to the Corinthian church and write about the tongues and Paul trying to get that church to do things decent in order, Hmm. most of the time, what do you hear? It's for who? The church people and who? The unbelievers. Who else? Did you know there's a third party there? You never hear it. Called the unlearned. Unaware. Didn't even know it was in the book. That's where you and I come in and play the role of these doctrines. Of informing them. Revealing it. And showing them. And that's what Paul was likened to him in that setting. So maybe we'll get to it. If we don't, we will. Before it's over with. This doctrine was so... And I'll tell you, now it causes a lot of disturbance. It causes a lot of heartaches and troubles. Because if you go back and watch this in this fifth chapter of Acts, the fifth chapter. Saying, did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, he have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. And intend to bring this man's blood upon us. <laughs> Amen. Then Peter and other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. See, that's where you and I have got to get. Now, what brought this about in this fifth chapter? Wonders and signs is what brought this about. And This same chapter started in the third chapter. comes on to fourth chapter, they put him in jail. Mel steps in, helps them, they let them go. They beat them, they go right back out there, brings them into the fifth chapter. and now after preaching, teaching, and going to the synagogues and, and now they want to lock them up and put them back in prison again. Amen. Watch this. Whatever they begin to do it, that's a little later on, but but we should watch some of this unfold. And if you back up, well, let me just let me just practice some of this. Twelfth verse. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders brought among the people. By whose hands? The apostles. This is And they were all with one accord in Solomon's ports That's very important church Let's continue to work on that Don't let any seed be thrown into your soil That's trying to cause discord or disunity God hates that Go to Proverbs It's one of the seven things that God hates Sowing discord I'm telling you the condition of the soil Is going to make all the difference I can preach all the doctrines And the fullness of those truths but if your soil, if your heart, if your spirit, if your mind is not wanting it or desire it. You fit one of the other three. Now watch this. Two of those other two souls accepted it. Received it. But the third, second one had no deafness to it. Didn't have no root system. And no means of getting one. Because they hadn't dug down. They hadn't removed as Isaiah taught us in the fifth chapter. The stones hadn't been picked up and carried out. And the plow hadn't been sunk and broke up the, the ground. So it can find its way. And so there's a preparation. And you've got to do that. Each one of us as individuals have to, has to do that. We've got to guard our soil. We've got to guard our, our soil as our mind, our heart, and spirit. We got to it. That's the reason He equipped us with the whole armor of God. That's where He gave us a helmet of salvation, hmm. to not to let the doctrines of men and doctrines of devils. And I just can't hardly wait to get to that one with Timothy. Doctrines of devils that has deceived billions, and they go into churches just like us, or at least into buildings. And claiming to be Christians. Yeah. I'll help you out. In that same setting it talks about them. That, that forsake for marrying. They don't choose to marry. But yet now the cover's been pulled off of them. And look how much damage and heartache. and just. But they're still following them by the thousands. That's doctrines of devils ladies and gentlemen. That's doctrines of devils. So we got to guard against all of that. We're not exempt as Pentecostals. We're not exempt as one God people. We're not exempt as Jesus people. we got to be, like Peter said, vigilant, sober. Because we have an adversary. He's after us. He wants us. And if he can't get us from without, he'll try to get us from within. And sometimes that from within can be just little bitty things that don't amount to nothing. It can be one seed. How many roots of bitterness does it take that all the other things has access through that root of bitterness? Are you hearing me tonight? I know I'm not staying on doctrine as much, but what I'm trying to tell us tonight... The seed of doctrine's no good if the soil's not ready for it. It's got to want it. It's got to want it. Gladly receive it. Amen. I want to receive it. So as they pursued in this and, and so was added to the church, more was added to the Lord, the believers. It's a much that they was brought forth sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of the Peter passing by overshadowed them, some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were faxed with unclean spirits, and they were killed, every one. Now, now, you talk about a move of God. You're talking about revival. You're talking about having a... Having, everybody ought to have been excited, didn't they? Everybody ought to have joined in. Everybody, you know. But watch the very next verse. Then the high priest rose up and... And all they that were with him, which is the said of the Sadducees, was filled with indignation, which simply means jealousy. Jealousy is cruel as a grave. Jealousy. Lord, help us. I don't want to be jealous toward anybody for any reason, especially for the kingdom of God. I pray for the big churches as well as I pray for the small churches. I pray for the big guys as well as I pray for those that don't even, it's never been heard of. We need them both. I'm glad we got some men that's going across this nation or across this world carrying this gospel and has the skill and talent and ability to preach and bring out things out of this word of God that even astounds us sometimes. Thank God. I pray God keep anointing them, keep blessing them, keep using them. I don't have to be a conference preacher. I don't have to be a count meeting preacher. But we need them, and you and I need to pray for them. And God to bless them, and maybe you want to be one. So you know what? You need to start pursuing that. You know the best way to pursue that? Start working on the soil and start getting the seed in it. One thing I've encouraged these young men and different ones is getting ready to teach these Bible studies. I said, "Hey, learn the manual to start the Bible as much as you can, but the manual become very familiar with it." You know what the second thing they tell us? Pray over each one of those Bible study because they're all going to be just a little different. You know to I make mean? the Holy Ghost may lead you in this little direction, amen, because of the individual. It's because it's about God anyway. It's about the Holy Ghost. It's not about us. It's about Him. But we got to make preparation. You know what? When the Bible says, Gird up your mind, do you know what that means? Gird up your loins. Gird up your soul. What does that mean? Your mind don't have loins, does it? Amen. But you know what it means? Prepare. Gird means, to prepare right gird up you know what men in the bible time in Jesus time all of them wore those robes men's were a little different a little shorter it also had a rope that come around it that would come through and they would actually whenever it come time to run or go to battle they would reach through pull that thing up bring it up and tie it off look like a pair of pants on ladies didn't have those they was never expected to do the running or the fighting get design and dress them for that they some battles later you'd be better off just stay out of it keep your mouth shut and stay out of it ooh sorry sorry I'm talking about church stuff what you do at home that's between you and your priest <laughs> how about that one I'm trying to help us I'm trying to help us So, power in the doctrine. Watch, begin to be stirred up. So they laid their hands on the apostles. So they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, What doors did he open? Why are you asking that? Watch this. Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. When they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning. They taught, doctrine, taught, preached the word, teach the word. The high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together and all the senate, the children of Israel, and sent them to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying the prison truly found we shut up with all safety. The doors were closed. It's locked up. The guards are standing. Wide awake, what asleep. But when we opened the doors up, there was no prisoners. There's no holes in the wall, there's no holes in the ceiling, there's no holes in the floor. Where'd the prisoners go? How'd they get out? Well, let's jump to Acts 12. That's the reason Peter didn't have no problem sleeping in Acts 12. When he was shackled down and in a prison, in a dungeon, he already experienced what God could do. He already knew what it was. He didn't have to open no gates. He didn't even have to alert, amen, the guards. But this time, because the church had prayed without ceasing, Peter gets another visitation from the angel, smokes him on the side, wakes him up, tells him to gird up, get his clothes on, get his clothes ready, let's go. And, man, and they walk right past the guards. They walk straight out of them. And even the Bible says that Peter really didn't come. He just thought he's in a vision or a dream. But when he finally comes to himself, when that iron gate opens of its own accord, I tell you, God will fight and bring deliverance if we'll just let him do it. God will let, but who will let? Because, see, God can only fight the way God fights. He's not going to be manipulated or controlled by me or anybody else But if I will yield and humble myself and let God do the business of breaking me out of jail And break me out of heartaches and breaking me out of the, the, the situations I tell you, God will do it Hallelujah, when everybody showed up that in water, they get out Guess what a man showed up Said, hey, they're down at the temple They're down there preaching again they still down there spreading this doctrine they didn't leave town. They didn't find a, f- a real fast chariot to get in and ride off. They just obeyed God and went right back to the temple, right back to there and went to preaching. Folks, I'm telling you, there's something about this doctrine, this truth. God's for us and God's for us who can be against us. We don't have nothing to fret and worry about. I'm going to say it again tonight. I'm not going to have a nervous breakdown. I get frustrated and aggravated. Just like everybody else, but I'm not fixing to throw some tipper tandem. I'm not going to do a bunch of cussing. <laughs> huh? Doesn't matter who, how, how blindsided you hit us. The right seeds in, and the right fruit's going to come out. <laughs> I'm not going to get mad when somebody tries to cut me off. I'm not going to blink my lights, blow my horn at them and try to run over them. I'm not going to tell them they number one. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> no, I got something inside of me, honey. Hallelujah. In fact, I'm going to pray for you and ask God not to cause you to wreck him. Amen. Because you start fooling with your, his little darlings, the apple of his eye. You're dealing with a bunch of people, honey. I'm telling you right now, get you in trouble quick. And when you get in trouble with God, honey, I tell you, he could turn this thing around. Well, yeah. I hate to say this, but it comes to mind, so I'm going to say it. It done my heart good when Brother Corey texted me the other day. They got him. They got him. After he was shot, they got him. I don't know how bad he was shot, but he well, he tried. I'll just tell you so you'll know some of you apparently. But anyway, he was he was robbing somebody in Houston. They was a standby. That's all I know. I just know they arrested him, so apparently he didn't die. Y'all don't want my other thoughts on that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, but God knows what he's doing. We put it in God's hand. Because <laughs> God could put him in a place he'd rather he might wish he'd been shot. It's God's business. That's what I told God. I said, God, you know. You know who he is. You know where he's headed. You know what he's doing. But vengeance is yours. So we put him in your hands, God. And we're going to believe you and trust you with it. We're not going to get mad and upset and stay up about it. No, we put it in God's hand. And I promise you, he'll take care of it. And do a good job. Yeah. Praise God, Lord, bless you. We can stand. I know my time's up. It's eight forty-one, and uh, but can I say this? I want to say one thing here. Uh, the power of doctrines. Understand that. What's this? Go back to the words of Jesus Christ. The power of doctrines is just as powerful as the words of Jesus. For instance, he could speak to the wind speak to the mountains. He could speak to trees. He could speak to demons. That's the power of doctrines, folks. And you'd be shocked in right here in this community, how many doesn't know. Unlearned. I'm gonna get there next week. Unlearned. It's time that God helps us to educate them, to live a life to give some good, solid answers. Why do you dress that way? It's called the Holy Ghost. Why do you live that way? It's called the Holy Ghost. We need to start letting the Holy Ghost become one of the main parts of our conversation at all times. We're living in a world today that, that even our own are very hesitant. My wife brought it to my attention. I believe it's my wife. wasn't uh, Hey, they don't, they don't know to use of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit, always Holy Spirit. And we're not against that. That's, you know, in the Bible. But I'm telling you, uh, and call this old-fashioned, whatever. But, but I'm, I'm going to use Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. I tell you what, it has a different appearance. It's that Holy Spirit itself. If we're not too, too careful, it's too 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 close to Ken to them. It won't stir them up. But you start using the term Holy Ghost in the right frame and the right manner. I'll tell you what, something's stirring. If there's any hunger, any thirst in that earthen vessel, something'll start stirring. Are you hearing me? Something'll start moving. And that's what needs to happen. And that's what we want to happen. If God's helped us, and I believe he is. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. I know how it can be Hector from Wednesday nights. And you're so faithful. And we thank you for it. From the depths of our heart and with all it is within us. Let's remember Sister Lisa. Her surgery went very well today. They was able to mend a couple of tears of some ligaments in that ankle. Uh, she's got to stay off of it for at least two full weeks. And up to about six weeks of uh, bedtime, I think, and not up on it very much, so let's continue to pray for her, keep her lifted up. Some of you ladies may want to fix something, or do something, I'm sure they would appreciate it, but definitely let's keep her in prayer. Uh, also, my, my nephew was in an automobile accident the uh, day before yesterday, I believe it was, on 63, and broke his back in about three places, uh, they, but thank God they just had to put a brace on him, send him home, come home today, happened yesterday that right? Dave, I don't know. Yesterday. Yesterday. And uh, anyway, but he came home, so thank God for that. Uh, Brother Brad stood in for a gentleman that's working for Mikey uh, that fell off a roof today, 30 feet. And so he was in surgery, may still be in. He was at, at service time, five and a half hours of surgery. We prayed. He stood in for him, but let's keep them in our prayers that God would minister and touch them. Let's pray for one another. Uh, there's a lot of pain, physical pain, spiritual pain, heartaches of things of this nature. Uh, I'm not sure all the other with Brother Heath Institute, so I won't say a lot there, but let's keep them in our prayers, especially tomorrow. Uh, something's going on there, but I'm, I don't know what I was been told. So, 90 days, okay, 90 days, and they're going to go a 90-day trial with that. So, let's pray, ask God to be with them, be with the family, because, man, this can just kind of break up the family, it's just... You know, it can, be, it can be hard, so let's keep them in our prayers. A lot of things to pray for, a lot of people to pray for. Take the time to pray, folks. Amen. Don't just while away your time. Don't just let the empty days and no, all. Just talk to God. Let's lift up our voices and, and cry out to the Lord, and God will help us. God's in the miracle business. You hear me? God's in the miracle business and the saving business and the mending business. He's in the business on Wednesday nights. to Come in here and bless us and strengthen us. And we can make it throughout the rest of the week. Uh, love you. Appreciate you. Don't forget about the crawfish deal that's going on the 29th from 12 to 4. Uh, going to be working on getting that ready. So if you know anybody that's interested, want to buy some, uh, want to donate money. We don't care. Uh, youth. Young people, all of you, uh, please get registered. To, uh, if you have a card, we can reimburse you. I uh, understand you got to do it on a card now. So there's the dates and time. And uh, so we can reimburse, uh, amen, from the church and go try to raise some money, especially some of the families got so many. If you want to pay for them, God bless you. God's going to bless you for doing it. So if you have the means and can do it, do it. And God will bless you for that. And we appreciate it. Love you. Appreciate you tonight. God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Thank you.